welcome to the Hungry Authors Podcast. A hungry author is someone who is quite simply hungry for it. They're willing to do what it takes to achieve their writing dreams. If that resonates, you're in the right place. I'm Ariel. And I'm Liz. We're two book coaches, editors, and writers here to help you get there. We interview experts and chat about all things publishing and writing to educate and build a community of successful writers, whatever that means to you. Welcome. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. We are so excited for today. Liz and I are coming off of a high from our very first in-person workshop that we did last weekend in Chattanooga. It was so much fun and it was kind of a crazy experience. If you've been following us on social media, you might have seen that we had a massive storm in Chattanooga that morning. And so we lost power and Liz and I couldn't take showers and there was no power at our venue. And it just seemed like all the things were going to go wrong. And yet we decided we were just going to be hungry authors ourselves and we were going to be hungry workshop leaders. And so we decided that we were just going to rethink everything on the fly. And so that morning, Liz and I completely redid our entire presentation to account for not having technology available to us. (laughs) We really decided to to put our beliefs into practice there. And it was great. It actually, I think, turned out better that way. Although in the future, I would prefer to have power and be able to take a shower that day. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if we do one in like July or August, it could have been a lot less comfortable. Right. Yeah. Thankfully this was happening in March and it was still pretty cool, but we had so much fun and it was such a delight to work with several people on their book ideas. Our topic was the topic we're talking about today. So this is fresh in our minds and we want to give a special shout out to one of the people who came, Julie. Uh, Julie gave us such great feedback and she told us that she has been listening to every single podcast episode that we have recorded, which is so neat to hear and so special. And not only has she been listening to every single podcast episode, she said she went out and bought a notebook specifically for taking notes on all of our episodes. <laughs> And that was just uh, so gratifying to hear because obviously, you know, we put a lot of work into this and sometimes it feels like things just go out into the void and we hope it's helpful. Um, But it was so neat to hear that feedback from Julie and to know that, you know, at least, at least one person is getting a lot out of this. So Julie, this is for you and for everyone else who happens to be listening. And we're just so thankful and we really appreciate hearing that feedback. So We'll just say at the beginning here, if you love our podcast, if you love any part of it, if you get something out of it, we would just so appreciate if you leave us a review, send us a message on Instagram, send us an email, hungryauthors at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and we're so grateful for your feedback. Yeah, perfect. Last week, we talked with Kent Sanders about your idea. And once you have that idea, you have to figure out how it's going to unfold over the course of 50 to 60,000 words, right? Sometimes, depending on who you are and what you're writing about, your idea might come easy to you. Sometimes it might come hard to you. But basically, once you've got it, the rubber meets the road and you have to start writing about it. So to do that, you need a plan. We call it an outline, or you can call it an outline. We call it 
a book map, a visual representation of your book's content that tells you where to go next and what to write next. You have probably heard Ariel and I talk about book maps before or talk about the book mapping process. We run master classes on it. We did our workshop on it last week, like Ariel said. We have a great blog post about it on Jade Friedman's website. It's a big part of our book that's going to be coming out. Book mapping is a big part of what we do. We believe in it very strongly. And this podcast is about that. Now, we cannot cover everything about book mapping in a 30-minute podcast. So this is going to be an overview of what book mapping looks like, basically what you do after you've got your big idea. This is going to primarily apply to prescriptive nonfiction books. So not fiction. That doesn't help you here. Although if you do some Googling, you can find some great ways to map out your fiction book. Uh, but that's not what Ariel and I do here at Hungry Authors. And this will not specifically apply to anything narrative or story driven like memoir. Now, don't turn off your podcast necessarily because there is still a lot here that you will find valuable. But I just want to say up top that this is the most applicable for prescriptive nonfiction books that fit into the category of like self-help, professional development, personal development, thought leadership, that kind of thing. That's what Ariel and I mostly focus on. Um, We do teach this for narrative-driven books and for memoir. We did a specific masterclass exactly on mapping your memoir. So there is some crossover here, but especially when we get to the chapter structure section, that will mostly apply to to different types of nonfiction. So just keep that in mind, guys. But if you're working on a memoir, keep listening and try and find ways where this does apply to your book. Because like I said, there is still a lot of crossover. Yep, definitely. So when we talk about book mapping, we kind of take it in three overall stages. Those stages are number one, we need to figure out what the transformation of your book is going to look like. That's what we'll talk about first. The second stage is going to be thinking about your book structure. And then the third stage is thinking about your chapter structure. So we're moving from really, really big to really, really small when we are mapping out your content. So let's start with stage number one on transformation. Every book is about transformation in some way. Every book, whether it's fiction, I mean, fiction is about the transformation of a character. Memoir is about your transformation through an event or a circumstance in your life. And prescriptive nonfiction books, like Liz said, that's kind of what we're focusing on here today. Prescriptive nonfiction books are about the transformation of your reader. To begin, we have to be really deeply in touch with who our reader is and where they're at right now. So before they read your book, what is the problem that you're wanting to solve for them? What are they struggling with? What kind of ideas do they come to you with? And where are they looking for help? And where are they not finding it? These are all of the questions that we kind of have to know about our reader to begin with. And we call that the reader's current state. So if you think about, and you can find on our blog post that we did for Jane Friedman, you can find what we call our transformation tale. And it's essentially kind of a three column outline in column number one, there's the current state, which is all the problems that, and all of the questions that I just asked, you know, what problem is the reader facing? How are they trying to solve it? And it's not working. How do they feel about that problem? That's the first thing we have to cover. 
The next thing we have to know is, okay, if that's where the reader is starting, where do we want the reader to end by the end of our book? What's the transformation going to be? So if the problem that the reader's facing, um, I like to use an example of yoga. So let's say that a reader has a chronic illness and they want to explore yoga to, to heal their chronic illness. So their current state might be they're in constant pain. They don't know a lot about yoga. They've never done yoga before. They aren't familiar with all of the poses and they don't know how to make adjustments. Maybe they have low confidence because they think that in order to do yoga, you have to be this like super flexible guru or something. So once we know those questions about the reader's current state, then we can ask, okay, how do we want the reader to be different by the end of the book? That's the transformation. So in our yoga example, by the end of the book, we want the reader to feel really confident trying new poses. We want them to see yoga as a series of possible experiments of ways to move their body. We want them to know how to use props to help their yoga practice. We want them to, to know different poses that they can safely explore. We want them to feel really good in their bodies and feel excited about using yoga to manage their chronic illness or chronic pain. So that would be an example of what the transformation looks like. So we kind of have to figure out those two things first. And I think of them like bookends. You're starting with their current state. By the end of the book, you need to have a really clear vision of what that transformation looks like. Then the question becomes, okay, how am I going to get them from their current state to that transformation? And that's really where the bulk of the book is going to be is kind of in that in-between state is how are we going to bridge the gap between that reader's current state and their transformation? So the first step in this first stage, you're just brainstorming. You are listing everything you can think of related to the transformation. You just you want to put everything that pops into your brain onto the page when it comes to the current state, the transformation, and especially that in-between section, because that in-between section is going to become the chapters of your book. So let's talk about book structure. Basically, this is where you take that middle, that in-between section that Ariel just talked about, and you map it out. Again, reiterating, First, you just brainstorm everything that comes to mind that you might want to put in your book that helps your reader go from their current state to their transformation. This can be stories. It can be random ideas you've got. It can be topics. The, the middle section starts out a big mess, and that's perfectly fine. That's what we want. We want that kind of blue sky, no bad ideas mentality when you're writing that down. Once you've got that, take a minute, maybe step back, let your eyes sort of refresh, and then come back to it. If you step away from it from a minute, you might come back and see some patterns that you didn't see before. And that's exactly what we're looking for. When you come back and you examine that in between, the middle, your brainstormed ideas, you're looking for patterns. Couple things to keep to keep in mind when you're looking. There are two main ways you might structure your book when it comes to these prescriptive nonfiction books. The first is sequential. So when you're looking at your ideas, do they go in any order? Does something need to happen before something else? And then something else needs to happen after that thing. If anything looks like it might build on each other and need to happen in a sequence, then you've got a process there. 
you will likely want to structure your book according to that process. You could even codify it somehow. I can't tell you how many clients come to us and we do this and we realize that they have a process that they didn't actually realize they had. They do things in a certain order in a certain way for specific reasons because it helps their reader go from that current state to their transformation and things need to go in a certain order. So like the yoga example, maybe it's, you know, you have to learn certain poses in a certain order or you have to, I'm not a yoga person, so I'm probably gonna mess this up, but I'm just, you know, riffing and spitballing, which is exactly how it happens when we do it live with people. So you're getting a, a peek. You have to start with small, easy poses or less challenging things, or maybe you start with stretching, or maybe you have to know some foundational information about yoga before you can actually implement the poses. That's something that has to happen first, right? Okay, so you might also look at your in-between brainstormed ideas and they're not in, a sequential order they don't need to go in they don't need to be learned one after the other they might look more like a pie pieces of a pie is what we call this so it doesn't matter what order they come in they all are parts of your bigger collective idea with our yoga example you know maybe if you're not teaching poses that need to be learned first to last Maybe you're just educating around yoga in general, and you can read about stretching, or you can skip to the history of yoga chapter, or you can skip to a chapter about some famous yogis. You know, you don't really need to read those in order, but they are a part of a bigger collective idea and argument that you're trying to make about yoga. So if you're examining your ideas and they they look more like that, then you're going to structure your book a little bit differently. You're going to group those concepts, stories, themes, topics, according to their similarities. Those are the main two ways that we call those sequential and then modular. Those are the main two ways that prescriptive books are structured. And the bottom line is you brainstorm and then you examine. What are the similarities? Are there patterns? Are there ways I can group these in a way that makes sense? I will mention too, and we we talk about this in our masterclass that I like all credit to Brene Brown here. She has a three-part structure called the reckoning, the rumble, and the revolution, which is a really common one that we recommend to people too, which is basically the reckoning is the problem. You start with the problem, you start with where people are, the state, and then you go into the rumble, the figuring it out, the untangling of what's going on, the process, helping people get there, and then the revolution, what people feel like and what they experience when they actually get there. That's for a lot of these nonfiction prescriptive books, that's the logical path they're going to take that follows that transformation. And you can group your your brainstormed ideas and structure your book accordingly it doesn't mean you have to use three parts you can use however many parts you need although parts are a common structure for prescriptive books so you can have two three four five but basically examine what patterns emerge in your ideas group them in some way and start and like everything else in this process this might change as you go along but this is a really great way to start a lot of people just need help getting started So get it on the page and group it somehow.
That's right. And if you are just creating an outline, you can create an outline like you probably remember doing in school. If you want to create a book map, which is a little bit of a more visual representation of your outline, then you might put each of your chapter ideas on sticky notes or on index cards and kind of lay them out so that you can see everything at a glance. And this is my favorite way to, to plan out books and a lot of what I do with my authors. And there's tools that you can use to do this online too, like Jamboard or MindMeister. Those are two online tools that you might use if you don't want to go the manual route and use your sticky notes, but that is my favorite way to do it. Once you've kind of figured out your book structure and all of the chapters that you want to have, then you're going to need to figure out how do you fill those chapters with content, right? You can think of kind of all of the various possible pieces of your chapter as kind of a menu. And there are some things that you've got to have, like you've got to have a starter on your menu, right? Like you've got to have a good hook. <laughs> And the a hook might be a compelling question, or it might be an interesting story. It could be a fascinating piece of data that your audience might not know. It could be an analogy. Those are some common and powerful hooks that you might use to kind of capture the reader's attention right at the beginning of a chapter. Then you're going to have some key points. You already know because you already mapped out the topic of this chapter, but now you need some points to kind of back up that claim and help lead the reader to whatever realization you want them to have in that specific chapter. So we talked about the book's overall transformation. Well, every chapter is also going to have kind of its own mini transformation as well. So you need to know kind of what are the key points that lead up to that chapter idea. And then you're probably going to want some stories to help illustrate those ideas. So one thing that I usually task my authors to do is come up with a list of stories, come up with a list of clients you've worked with who can help to illustrate some of the points you want to make, talk about interesting things from your own life. Maybe you've been through this process yourself. And so you want to use some stories from your own life to illustrate the points you want to make. You might have some interactive elements like reflection questions or exercises to help the reader apply those ideas. So going back to our yoga book example, if you're writing a book and let's say we're writing a chapter on using props, maybe point number one is, you know, how to use props to make things a little easier. And then you're going to have a story from your own life about how you, you know, used to do triangle pose and it was so hard, but then you started using a block to lift your hand up and it got so much easier and allowed you to get deeper into the pose. And then you're going to walk the reader through some steps for how to do triangle pose with a block. That's going to be that interactive element. The last thing that you're going to want to do in your chapter is wrap it up, right? You've got to have a closing section that kind of summarizes that big idea that you've conveyed in the chapter and that transitions the reader to the next chapter idea. So you're going to say, cool, now that we know how to use our props effectively in yoga, we're going to talk about um, how to use chairs as another type of prop, a more specific prop. So you're going to, at the end of your chapter, have some kind of closing section that wraps it up and helps move the reader explicitly to the next chapter idea. And if you, again, are kind of mapping this out visually and you're using your sticky notes or index cards, or you're doing it online, 
you might want to put all of those elements of your chapter on separate sticky notes and kind of be able to look at them at a glance and organize them, move them around however you want to. So you might have your hook on a sticky note. You might have your key points on different sticky notes, the stories that you want to use, the exercise that you ask the reader to do, and then that conclusion. That's how we recommend kind of mapping out everything for your book. And it can take a long time. When I'm doing this with clients, it can take up to six or eight hours just to map out the entire book, sometimes even longer. And that's after we've had several conversations, usually about the audience and their comp books and all kinds of things. So this is not a process to be rushed. Like Liz said, you know, this is something that you, you probably want to take some breaks and come back to over time. That's exactly right. Again, if any of this is interesting to you, if you want to go deeper, please reach out to us in some way. We teach this constantly and we're also constantly refining it. So we always want to hear what was helpful. What would you like more information about? Email us or get in touch with us on social media and interact with us about these concepts because they're really important to us and we think they're under discussed. To that end, we are doing another masterclass in April this month. Our next masterclass is going to be called Finding Your Big Book Idea. It's April 19th at 2 p.m. Eastern, although like always, you can get the recording and watch it whenever you would like, but we love our live people and they help us keep the energy up and, and get live feedback if you come to the actual webinar. We're going to talk about how to mine your life and your work for ideas, what to do if you have too many ideas, how to know what a good idea looks like when you think you might have stumbled upon it, how to test the market for feedback on your idea, what editors and agents are looking for in a big idea, and even if you have no idea what you want to write about, you don't have a big idea in sight, but you know you want to be a writer, you love to write, you've always wanted to be an author, come we will help you find a big idea now often big ideas come to us like a muse or creativity who just like a lightning bolt something pops into our minds and that's always exciting and fun and can be where big ideas come from but it's not always and even if you do have that you often still need to go looking for external validation that what that little muse person whispered in your ear one day actually is a good idea because a lot of us who've been in this business for a long time know that we've had many many good ideas that seemed great at the time and you give it a little space or you go trying to validate that out into the world and you realize, oh, this isn't as creative an idea as I thought, or I need to refine it in some way. I need a new angle. There's not an audience for this, that sort of a thing. So we're going to talk about how to find that big idea, how to test it, the balance between that creativity and marketability, and that you don't have to go very far or have a platform to do any of this stuff. Like we said, you can mine your own life and your own work. You can use lots of really easily available resources that we'll share with you. So if you want to write a book and you're struggling to know if your idea is any good, what idea to choose or where to find an idea in the first place, come take our next masterclass on April 19th. And we will talk all about 
finding your big idea. And we'll add the cost of that class is $49. That's the cost for all of our master classes. We try really hard to keep them really affordable and fun. And they're also super interactive. So like Liz said, for those of you who can make it live, we use your ideas. We try really hard to, to make all of our masterclasses super hands-on and practical. And so that everyone who comes is leaving with real progress on their book in some way. And so you can register for that class by going to our website. It's hungryauthors.com. If you scroll down on that page, you'll see a section of the homepage is devoted to our masterclasses. And so you'll see that we've got a little registration sign up area for, for this masterclass. So that's coming up on April 19th at 2 p.m. Eastern. And we hope to see you there. Thanks for being part of the Hungry Authors community. If you like this episode, could you do us a huge favor? Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We would so appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at hungryauthors or hungryauthors.com, our website, to get more information about our masterclasses and upcoming episodes. Remember that you have a story and a message worth publishing. And if you've got the hunger, you can make it happen. Thank you.